Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to the new and improved Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. After many years of interviewing the best and brightest thought leaders around the world, on my SiriusXM show, I am excited to now have those interviews available to people around the globe on this podcast. So many people would write us and say, I love what I've been hearing about your interviews with these great people. Where can I access them? I live in this country or that country, or I don't have access to that technology. How can I get the information? Well, I'm so excited now that we are able to offer the information and the interviews free on this podcast. So we want you to sit back and enjoy this message and let me know how you like them. And then do me a favor. If you like them, send a review, write a review and post it. And if you like it, hit like on here and share it. And tell everybody you know about it and then subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the alerts when we post a new interview episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Well, it's a great day, another great day, another great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show and podcast. And yes, I do only have a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon me. I can't refuse it. No, I didn't seek it. I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer. If I lose it, give account if I abuse it. Oh, it's just a tiny little minute, but our eternities are wrapped up in it. I'm grateful for this minute, this moment, this opportunity to be on with you one more, one more, one more time and to be able to talk to you today. I want to talk to you with one of the great wealth creators as well as wealth teachers on the planet. He gives you hope. And, you know, hope in the future gives you power in the present. And he's going to tell you how he went from living in his Jeep to becoming one of the most wealthy uh, people on the planet, but more importantly, someone who helps others to become wealthy. And that's my friend, John Hope. 
Brian. We're going to, before we do that, you know, I take a moment to start out with that one minute and then I take a moment to give God some glory because that's called God's Minute. It's written by Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor. And Dr. Mays taught so many young men at Morehouse College how to think bigger, how to dream bigger, how to pursue their goals and dreams with excellence. And so I start with that minute and then I take a minute to thank God, to give God some glory, to thank Him for life and strength and health. I know everybody doesn't believe like I believe, but I'm going to make sure, take sure, and make it a possibility that I am clear on where my bread is buttered and who's doing the buttering. I'm grateful for God giving me life and strength and health and hope. He gives me a family and friends, and I'm grateful for friends like a John Hope Bryan and like a John Maxwell and David Rubenstein and Gladys Knight, who have been on this show and have helped us to reach more people and give them some ideas to help them grow wealth. So I'm giving God the glory and I'm thanking for life. I say it every week, God's gift to you is life. Gift to God is what you do with your life. Do something extraordinary. And so I want to thank God. I want to thank you, each and every one of you who've made this the number one self-help show in the country. You have made it this way. You, you, you have shown uh, this to your friends. You've talked about, you got to listen. He's bringing these people who are talking about wealth building and you have shared it with your coworkers and your family members and, and so many. And I am grateful for all the people around the world who now also access it on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And then third and last, but not least, definitely not least, I want to thank my sponsor and our partner, Truist Bank. Truist. I'll tell you about Truist. Their money and mindset program is awesome. The way you feel and think about money can affect your confidence and frankly, your total well-being. That's especially true when life gets real and throws challenges your way. So money and mindset from Truist gives you tips and tools to help you feel more financially prepared. It's an incredible program. You can check it out at truist.com. Money and mindset is a free resource. Go and check it out at Truist, T-R-U-I-S-T.com. And remember when you start with care, you build a different kind of bank, Truist Bank. My special guest is my friend, John Hope Bryant. Now, most of you probably know of him, have heard of him. He is the founder and CEO of Operation Hope, and he has had a program, a program every year called the Hope Global Forum that I was blessed to be able to speak at. He's a philanthropist, entrepreneur, leader in the business of empowerment. He's the founder, chairman, and CEO of Operation Hope, America's first nonprofit social investment banking organization. He's vice chair of the U.S. President Advisory Council on Financial Literacy, or has been, and chairman of the underserved committee for the U.S. President's Council. He's international nationally known. He has a impact on people all over America and they are growing in leaps and bounds in the way they're helping people. I've had him on before and we talked about uh, the last time his book and how he wanted to help people get their credit uh, up to another level, get their credit uh, score up because he said, if you can get your score of hundred points, it can change your life. But I asked him, I begged him, I encouraged him, I implored him to come back after I heard him at the Hope Global Forum and he told his story. And I learned about his family. I learned about his, his bride. I, I learned about what he had to overcome to get to where he is. That's I said, I got to have him here to talk about that because it, it inspired me. I was all fired up. So John Hope Bryant, thank you for being my guest today, my brother. Well, honored to be with you. Thanks for all you do, man. It's a beautiful thing. Well, man, I'm blessed and grateful and grateful. Well, I want to get right into it. You are now a very well-regarded, well-known philanthropist, 
CEO, entrepreneur, social investor, but you did not start that way. This book, Love Leadership, was one of you. Was that your first book, John? Uh, my second. Published five, and I'm working on two more. Okay, great. Well, in this book, though, what, what I was so impressed with, he told his story. He told it at, at the Global Forum. And I want to encourage anybody who's an entrepreneur, you need to come to his Global Forum every December. And I hope to be back there and I hope to speak again, because I'm telling you, I met so many great folks. And then I reconnected with folks who I had relationships with, like my friend Doug McMillan at Walmart and, and, and so many of TD Jakes. So it was good to see our friends and, and develop and redevelop relationships. But he talked about some stuff on the stage, about his story. It was mind-boggling, mind-boggling. And I said, I got to have him tell this story. So, John, you didn't start where you are. You started in Compton. Is that correct? South Central. I made it to Compton. I started. <laughs> you made it to Compton. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that was a graduation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <a> graduation. <laughs> I, was in, I was in the hood. D-A-H-O-O-D. The hood. <laughs> the hood. That's right. Uh, what folks in my neighborhood were so poor, we couldn't afford the O-R. We just, <laughs> you know. P.O. So we, we actually, we lived in a working class black neighborhood, South Central Los Angeles, what used to be called Santa Barbara Boulevard, and now it's called Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. My mom and dad had come from the South. Uh, my mom met my dad, or my dad pursued my mother when he was coming through, going through East St. Louis, and mom had a premonition that she was going to be taken 2,000 miles away from St. Louis and away from a, a then abusive ex-husband um, uh, to a promised land. And when my dad showed up in love or in lust with my mother, uh, first in lust, then in love, uh, he lived 2,000 miles away exactly in California. And so mm -hmm. mom took that as a sign, said, if you take care of my two children, I'll go with you. And I was born, conceived in uh, L.A. in 19... 65, born in 1966 in uh, at Good Samaritan Hospital, which doesn't exist anymore here in L.A. And um, mom and dad, who had a high school education, went on to accumulate significant wealth uh, for a black family with not much to start with. They created uh, their own business, the hmm. Johnny Cement contracting business. They had a nursery business. My mother took care of kids. They had um, my mother worked. Uh, I'm sorry, before she worked at McDonald's aircraft, we owned our own home. We owned a gas station at um, Vernon and Normandy, I believe it was, across corners. It's still there. We owned an eight-unit apartment building across the street from our house where you, we bought it for $18,000 back then. The payment was $237 a month. Um, you could make, you could live in one unit, take make the mortgage payment on two other units and the property taxes and the rest was profit. Mm. So translation, there's no way we should have lost that asset. That asset is now worth uh, today. Last time I checked $6 million plus just wow. that one asset. We lost it all. We lost the home. We lost the, the uh, gas station. We lost the cement contracting business. We, well, my dad passed that one away. We lost the apartment building. So all our generational wealth, poof. Wow. Gone. And my dad could make it, but couldn't keep it. If my dad had simply listened to my mother, who was a financial savings genius and was able to build wealth, um, she didn't make a lot of money. My dad made a lot of money, but couldn't build wealth. My mother 
didn't make a lot of money, but she could build wealth. And people confuse, Willie, they confuse making money with building wealth. Those are two right. different things. We obsess, most of my friends growing up, obsessed with, I'm going to make this money, I'm going to get this bag, I'm going to make this dollar, get this change, make this, this moolah. But that's overrated. Money is overrated because you build wealth in your sleep. Mm. So oh, say that again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to fly by that because that's huge. Say that one more time. You make money during the day. You build wealth in your sleep. Wow. Wow. It's compounding. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So that's the first part of the story is I, I ended up in South Central L.A., um, without not telling it again, because my mom and my dad owned these assets and then they divorced. My mother uh, left my, my mother left her first husband because he was abusive to her, rightly so. Um, she poured coffee on him to get away from him. Wow. And he, um, he vowed to kill her. And wow. he was trying to get out of East St. Louis before he did. And that's when my father showed up. Wow. My, my father, unfortunately, also, um, I'm not going to say he beat my mother, but they were there was domestic issues, domestic abuse issues between them. And a lot of it was money based. Hmm. I remember being in the middle of one of those fights, uh, calling the police on my dad. And then my mother put off her three inch pump and popped my dad on the head. And I said, <laughs> don't come from my don't come. On my dad, you need to come to get my mother off my dad now. I was calling to tell him to get off, get my mother to get the, my dad off my mother. I had to change the script. But I was five years old. What kid right. wants to have that memory? So mom had saved had saved four thousand dollars to send my brother Donnie to a college of his choice, and my my dad had got to the bank first. Wow, money gone. Wow. But my mother basically said, Willie, you can abuse and take advantage of me. I guess. That's not smart. So you shouldn't want to do that to your wife, but that's fine. But you're not going to do it to my kids. Mm. And so she filed for divorce and left my dad. And we went to go live with a family that I was told was a relative. They were just my mother's girlfriend. She didn't want to scare me. Okay. And the guy, I was told he's my uncle, the guy, the boyfriend of my mother's girlfriend, ended up saving my life. I fell back on the porch of his house. So he, she was, my mother was staying with, her girlfriend to save enough money to buy a home for her family. And, you know, Hispanic families do this very well. Black families don't do it enough where, you know, you have two or three families living in that household to save money. Right. And so while we were there, I was playing on the front porch and fell backwards and was swallowing my tongue. I was, I was uh, choking to death mm. and this gentleman saved my life. Wow. Wow. And, and uh, so I, of course, I idolized this guy. Yes. So he, that, so y'all stayed there while y'all were trying to recover and uh, uh, get a, a footing as to where you're going to go for the, for the rest of the story or uh, the rest of your life. And uh, there was one challenge after another. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I want him to continue to tell his story because, folks, there's some lessons in here that will blow your mind about wealth creation. He's already given you one pearl, giving you one pearl. You make money during the day. You create wealth at night while you sleep. We're going to talk more about that. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show and podcast around the world, across America. And for sure, your best is yet to come. We'll be right back. 
Friendship is not about being convenient. It's about being committed and consistent. You can call on me when you need me. Are you ready to revolutionize your relationship with money? I'm Brian Ford, a financial wellness expert. And I'm Bright Dixon, an expert in positive psychology. Together, we host Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian, a podcast from Truist Bank that's all about exploring the relationship between your money, your mindset, and your well-being. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or truest.com forward slash money and mindset podcast. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered why some people can make a million dollars, lose it, make a second million, lose that, then make a third million, while other people can't even make ends meet? Well, the reason is that those people know the recipe for success. And that recipe is available to everyone if you will do what they did. They made a habit of getting positive, motivational resources of great thinkers and great learners. And I want to offer those same kind of resources to you. We've developed a free page on my website. It's wjspeaks.com slash gift. wjspeaks.com slash gift. On that site, we've got resources, books, audios to help you to grow and they're free. So go to wjspeaks.com slash gift, wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of those resources and then share that page with your friends and your family members. We want to impact and inspire millions of people. And remember, if you enjoy this message on this podcast, like it, share it and Post a review about it and make a difference in the lives of others by letting them know about it. Have a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and podcast around the world. I want to encourage everybody, everybody to go to winwithwilly.com, winwithwilly.com. Get some of the free resources that are there. We give away free ebooks. We give away audios, videos. We give away music, things that will inspire and encourage you. Winwithwilly.com. Also, you can get access to all my websites at one space, one place. Winwithwilly.com. One place you can get all my 
information, all my websites, you can get my business website, my personal motivation website, my youth motivation website, our marriage site, our faith-based site, our product site, our information and inspiration and how to set goals site. We got lots of goodies for you there at winwithwilly.com. And make sure that you tune in every Monday night for the Jolly Marriage Show at nine o'clock Eastern time on A Jolly Marriage on Facebook. A Jolly Marriage on Instagram, A Jolly Marriage on Twitter, and Willie Jolly LinkedIn Live, where my wife and I talk about principles and ideas and lessons we've learned from almost 40 years of marriage, haven't had an argument in over 35 years. And, you know, we wrote a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, 10 Secrets to Shape a Great Marriage. And we're grateful for our new TED Talk that you can see at our marriage website. So go and check it out. We'll tell you how we have never argued and what the secrets are. Go right now to winwithwilly.com, sign up for our newsletter. My special guest is my dear friend, one of my just... uh, uh, great friends who is such an inspiration, John Hope Bryan. It's, it's amazing that he was given that name, but God knew before he was born that he was supposed to be John Hope Bryant because he gives hope to so many people. And again, hope in the future gives you power in the present. And you know that God speaks about hope throughout the Bible. And so his mama had had a premonition to come to California. And she probably had a premonition that this boy needed to be named John Hope Bryant. I met his mama. She's a fantastic lady. And so she knew this young man had something special in him before he was born. Well, John, you were, you, you, you were telling about how your mom and your, your dad divorced after, after he took the money. And they, they, your mom took y'all over to her girlfriend's and and her 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 boyfriend's house. Y'all stayed there, and uh, and at some point though, you had to go live, or you went to live with your dad, and and uh, and ended up going to a, a very high end school. Well, tell me more about the story. Yeah, the uh, the living with my dad actually came came later. All these stories and every one of these demarcation marks. I want your listeners to understand that it was really all about money. Mm, always, when you boil it down, it came down to money. I mean, the, 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 why was my mother with an abusive man? Mm, right, money. Um, why did my mother want to get out of East St. Louis and, and, and was willing to hook up with my dad? It wasn't love at first sight. She learned to love him. Um, she grew to love him. But it was, it was that he could take care of my brother and sister. I wasn't born yet. So wow. that was an economic decision my mother made. Um, you know, and by the way, if you go back and look historically at the institution of marriage and relationships, they were money-based, they were financial-based mm. conversation. Yep. So, uh, and, and what happened when my, why did my mother argue, my mother and father argue? It was about money. Why yeah. did my mother leave my father? That was about money. Uh, why, uh, so I'm, why were we on the, the staying with this other couple, uh, while my mother was saving money to buy her first home so she could save money. Right money so i i fell on the porch this guy saved my life and i idolized him yes versus him we got to take pride and shame out of our conversation take emotion out of our conversation take guilt shame and blame out of our conversation uh this guy could have come to us the guy who ran the household that we were staying could have come to us and said look this is costing me a lot of money to subsidize your family can we have a conversation about you know, my bills, and maybe you could help with a couple of them. My mother would have been happy to have that conversation, but his pride was such that he did, he didn't want to do that. He didn't have enough money with his job. He had too much month at, at the end of his money. Yes. With his job. 
and, and, and so he went to go get an extra job, Willie. But mm, that wow. extra job, unfortunately, was selling drugs around the corner. Wow. Wow. So he didn't know what he was doing. Um, I don't ever want to be good at selling drugs, by the way. I've never done no. it. But he didn't, if you're going to do it, whatever it is, be good at it. He didn't know what he was doing, and he didn't know he's in somebody else's territory. And I remember waiting for him to come home one day. He rode a bicycle. And again, I idolized him. He saved my life. And as he was walking, riding his bicycle down the street, a truck pulled up behind him. And as I'm waiting for him to pull into the driveway, the truck hit him from behind. Wow. And drug him down the street under the truck until he was dead. Wow. And every time I tell that story, I can see the visual. Yes. And I, at that point, now I'm seven years old. Wow. Wow. And, you know, that was traumatizing to witness that. Yep. And this guy's life is over. His story is over. Unless I tell this story about him, his, I mean, you get, you, you die twice. You die the physically and you die the last, sometimes, sometimes somebody, the last time somebody mentions your name. Yes. Yes. And, and unless I tell the story about this guy, the world would not even know he existed. Uh, so he, he, because of a bad economic decision, sorry, a bad financial decision, yep. not dealing with his economics in a broader, more transparent way, his life story is over. Fast forward, we move by, my mom buys her first home, 15502 South Fraley Avenue in Compton, California, which was uh, moving on up. From where we- <laughs> that was moving up. <laughs> moving up. And... Um, I saw the pride of my mother owning her own home. She's bought and sold seven now, seven wow. homes. Uh, and I own 700. That's a whole nother conversation. Yes. So um, I start role modeling my mother, watching my mother, how she handled money. And I went to school at nine years old. Well, before that, my best friend, George in Compton, who was really smart and had good grades, but didn't have good, did not have good parents. George started hanging out with the next door neighbor who of um, uh, mine who's a knucklehead tweet and they got shot and killed together. So, wow. so here we have three experiences, Willie. Yep. Between five years old and nine of money and mayhem. Money and mayhem or lack thereof and mayhem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Um, or an obsession with money versus building wealth. Yes. As I told you, you build wealth in your sleep. Now my mother was building wealth. She bought a home because the number one way that the average family Builds wealth is home ownership, but only 41% of black people own a home. Hello, wow. hello, hello, listeners. Hello, hello, hello. Number one way you build wealth, number one way is to own your own home. So I go to school and there was a home economics class, and I'm in the class, and this white banker shows up, and he on a red tie and a white shirt and a blue suit. Mm. I remember asking this white banker, what do you do for a living? And how did you get rich legally? And man, I was dead serious. Hmm. I never knew anybody who wore a suit that was white, incompetent, unless it was a detective. Right, right, right. right. And it was not a very good suit. Right, right. This dude, this dude had double stitching on his suit. It was beautiful. He had, you know, you know, the stitching where you can see the indentations with every. Yeah, yeah. And the shirt was was like some Egyptian cloth and. I mean, he was impeccable. I looked in the in the parking lot, and he had a beautiful new car, and it had license plates and tags on it. And he wasn't sold. <laughs> like he wasn't running after nobody. Nobody was chasing him. He had a business card. It had it said 16th floor on the business card. You know, with no multi 
level building in Compton unless it was a courthouse. And that was, you know, that's where they process criminals or want to be criminals or would be criminals. Everything else in Compton was one story or two story, two of them. Who works on the 16th floor? Right. Business card. How are you here in the middle of the day? My mother has a hourly job with two 15 minute breaks and lunch. She can't come out the middle of the day unless I do something bad. Then she's coming to taking a break and tear my ass. Right. What is it you do, man? You have a white shirt, not a blue shirt. I broke this old dude down. And he said, I'm a banker and I finance entrepreneurs. Wow. And I said, Willie, I said, sir, I don't know what an entrepreneur is. I never heard that word my entire life. But whatever it is, if it's legal and you're financing it, I'm going to be one. Amen. Amen. I found out there were then at that time, 7,000, 8,000 banks in America. Uh, that was 100,000 bank branches. That, that that's their job was to lend out money and invest money in entrepreneurs. Excuse my French, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was all in, man. Shit, I was like, oh, yeah. I, wait a minute. Y'all job, y'all job is to get out money, lend it and invest it. That's your job. Right. <laughs> that's what you go to work every day. And you got to find entrepreneurs that are qualified to take your money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm oh, all I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm all, all in. in. Because we're talking about my whole neighborhood with prison, probation, parole, death. People getting shot on street corners, getting murdered, getting drugged down the street. Oh, heck no. No, 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 no. I did right. I like this plan. Right. There you go. So you 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 followed you you planted a seed in you and gave you a model from which to, to pursue. And that's what you started doing. But then at some point, you went to live with your dad, and he put you through uh, this pro- this professional school. That's a great story. Oh man, it's a great story. Yeah, but you, I, yeah, yeah. But you, I mean, I don't know if you want to do this chronologically or not. No, or go you, ahead. I want to just get as many lessons. Yeah, no, we can we can jump over whatever you want. You remember? No, I- no. You tell me the story because I want to know the lessons. Each each story, as you said, is demarked with a lesson you learned. I want to get the lessons that people can learn. But many of the people who are listening are entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business people. They're people who have a desire to be exceptional or have a desire to start a business or grow a business. They have a desire to want to be successful in their efforts. We recently had uh, Loida Lewis on, uh, Reginald Lewis's uh, uh, widow. And, and Reginald Lewis was a hero of mine. Man, hero, and why should why should white guys have all the fun? And that book became a global bestseller. And what we learned in that is there were lessons in each part of his life. And that's what I want to get from you because you were so profound from the stage, how you were just laying it out. What I learned in this place. Well, so I want to go chronologically. I want to get get this information because I I, I got to have people understand you didn't just show up like this. It didn't just happen by chance. It didn't just happen by happenstance. There was a plan and you learned along the way. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back with John Hope Bryant. He's going to tell you more about this incredible story and the lessons you can learn about wealth creation from this story. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I got an email from a gentleman in Australia who shared how he had been struggling in his business, and he bought some of my books and audios, and how it had a profound impact on his business, and he went from worst to first in his company. I shared with him how much I appreciated his 
note, but I told him those books, those audios, those videos were not just something that I just thought up one day and started to write. They were born out of my experiences, out of the challenges of overcoming the problems and the difficulties and how I was able to do it. And I shared with him that Others have sent similar messages and that these resources work. I want to encourage you and invite you to go to my store. Go to wjspeaks.com slash shop. wjspeaks.com slash shop. Get some of the books. It only takes a minute to change your life. Or a setback is a setup for a comeback. Or turn setbacks into greenbacks. Or chicken soup for the soul. Or an attitude of excellence. Or the book I wrote with my wife after 34 years of being married and not having an argument in over 30 years. We wrote a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. And now it is saving marriages all over the globe. Go to the store. Get some of the audios, the videos the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willa Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and Podcast. And I'm grateful, grateful, grateful for my guest, John Hope Bryan. Before we go back to John, I want to take a moment to, again, give a shout out to our friends at Truist Bank. Truist Bank is a bank that has made a commitment to communities and to their, their core, uh, making sure people understand they care. And when you start with care, you build a different kind of bank. They're interested in improving the connection between your finances and your personal well-being. So they launched Money and Mindset. It's an online resource to help you build financial confidence and a healthier mindset around your money. I've spent time on Money and Mindset. I was a guest on the podcast. It's an incredible resource. And I want you to go to truest.com, look for Money and Mindset, or wherever you get podcasts, look for Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian. It's available wherever you get podcasts. Listen to some of the interviews. Listen to some of the episodes. It will give you literacy. It will give you information. It will give you inspiration. And it will help you grow your wealth. That is why they're doing it. Because we want to create more wealth, just like John Hope Bryant. And I want to help you do that. And then I'm telling them in this this, uh, interview about my new upcoming book, that rich is good, but wealthy is better. And what's the difference between the two of them? And people need to know. Well, my guest today is John Hope Bryant, social entrepreneur, uh, wealth creator, entrepreneur extraordinaire. But he has built uh, Operation Hope to help people globally and around America to raise their credit store, to get in the house, to get their financial literacy up to par. And he has done so by making sure he has partnerships with many of the greatest banks on the planet. And I was shocked at all the banks who came to this forum. They sent their best, their brightest. Truist was there, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. One after another came, we are here because of John Hope Bryan. John, thank you again for being on my, my show again, buddy. Oh, my pleasure, man. And I'm I'm glad to see Truist is supporting your show, your sponsor, a great bank, and Bill Rogers, your CEO, is a good friend of mine. So um, uh, the sort of picking up where we left off. So yeah, this, sure. Once I, this banker taught me about that they finance entrepreneurs, I'm going to go figure out what he can finance. <laughs> what you, what's the deal here, right? So I, I went looking around my neighborhoods, and I started seeing capitalism for the first time. Wow. So 
the muffler shop as a business. I saw the nail salon as a business. I saw the, the barber shop as a business. I saw liquor store, went down to the liquor store, Max liquor store, Mr. Mac, tall black man, 6'2". Mr. Mac, you're selling the wrong kind of candy in your liquor store. Go away, little boy. I've got a college degree. Right. Know, that's nice. I've got cavities. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm nine years old, man. You're selling the wrong kind of candy. So he just kept dismissing me. And finally, he said, look, you got a lot of hoots before, young man. Why don't you just come after school and sell candy for me at this counter? I'm going to pay you top dollar as a part-time job. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. He said, what do you mean you don't want to do that? You know, everybody in the neighborhood would just die to have a job with me. Yeah, we'll give it to them. <laughs> I said, I said, tell you what I will do. Why don't you hire me to be a box boy? He said, you know, that is the worst job I've got. Yep, that's the job I want. And I worked there for three weeks and I, I quit. Hmm. And, um, and all, really, all I wanted to figure out was where he's getting his inventory, uh, what the supply was coming, what the supply and demand looked like, what the wholesale rate was he was buying the product from, what, what retail rate markup. He was yes. profit margin. Once I figured that out, uh, I quit, went home. Borrowed $40 from my mother, who was my bank, my first banker, the yep. bank Juanita, and uh, went to Iris Food Store and Smart and Final, which is where he bought his candy. And you know, young people, people, adults will always, if you're respectful, be compassionate towards you. So the lesson about the banker coming in the classroom is all white folks are not out to get you. Right. Well, no, stop. By the way, some of my biggest problems have not come from white folks. It come from my cousin Pookie <laughs> and, and JoJo and, and all my, of them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my problems have come from the same place and my blessings have come from all people. So mm. you can't assume that just because somebody doesn't look like you, that they are, that they mean you harm. Right. And white man, because I was open-minded to what he had to say, some of my other friends had sort of turned their nose up because I was open-minded to him. He was open-minded to me. I was kind to him. He was kind to me. And I, I regret to this day, I don't, didn't get his business card, didn't keep it because I'd love to say thank you to him. He made me in some way open the door to who I am today, but I don't have any data other than he worked for Bank of America on who this banker was. So, wow. so this, the second part of the story was that this, this Jewish couple that owned Smart and Final uh, sold me some candy and gave me some racks for my candy. And I went to Smart to the my den of my home, which was on the way to school, and set up the neighborhood candy house and made 40 on a $40 investment, made $300 a week. Wow. And I put the liquor store out of the candy business in a very short period of time. And my confidence went through the roof after that. I mean, I, my self-esteem, my confidence, my belief in myself uh, went through the roof. And so you, when you can't, there's a couple of lessons there. Yep. Don't just focus on cashing a check and being an employee. Yep. Sometimes you need to try to figure out whether you can write a check as an employer. Yep. A business owner and this guy oh, i like, like to say you can see whether you signed the check you signed it on the front or on the back and if yeah. you signed it on the front you're the owner and you wrote the check if you signed it on the back you're cashing the check that someone else wrote to you amen and yeah. and, and also we gotta you know i, I gotta say be, be careful how i say this because i don't want it to sound like a diss but you know i have a problem with with black folks being high-priced um entertainment mm. like if you're going to be a rapper or a singer, own your publishing rights. That's you're right. Going to be a basketball player, at, at least you know make it make a run at trying to own the basketball team. Right. Um, make a run at owning some assets with the money you're making from the basketball team. My concern is that this guy, the liquor store owner, wanted me to be a performer. He wanted me because I had salesmanship. Yep. He wanted to be the representative for his brand. I'm like, no, I want to be my representative of my own brand. And and a lot of our successful Black African Americans are just cashing very expensive checks. Yeah. 
on a disc, by the way. I want us to get every opportunity in front of us, but we've got to go from making the money to building wealth. We have yes. to do something. My, my brother Charlemagne, who's a radio personality on the Breakfast Club, has a really brilliant sort of understanding of ownership, and he's making smart, sexy. I need other people to begin to get uh, this memo that are in entertainment and sports. Or to quote Quincy Jones, if you think you're on, if you think you're an, an entertainer and you don't own music rights or publishing rights, you're, you're actually not in the music business. You're just a temporary performer. So wow. uh, there's a, there's another lesson. And yes. so fast forwarding, I went to go live with my father. So I opened the business and did well with that. Was homeless when I was 18 years old for six months of my life. Checked that box. But in the middle of all that, I lived with my dad. And I was uh, at this point, you know, 13, 14 years old. And I wanted to go to business school. Mm -hmm. And so he, my dad didn't want to admit he didn't know how to get me in business school. Right. So he told me, but he did well financially. You find a school, I'll put you in it. Yep. I opened the yellow pages back then. It wasn't a Google search. It was a yellow, right. <laughs> yellow pages. Right. Right. I went to business, private schools and I found one that's had a, a very high end name, Hollywood Professional School. Wow. Now, doesn't that sound like a business school to you? Sound like a business school to me. We went down there and Mrs. Mann, the 96 year old uh, superintendent, looked me, who just kept staring at me, man. She's a white lady, just kept staring at me. I couldn't figure out why she was staring at me. And my father would just want to know how much was it. <laughs> And uh, so she signed me up and she told me we went to school from 8.45 in the morning and 12.45 in the afternoon, right after lunch. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> so I show up for school and I, I walk down the hall and there's Tatum O'Neill, actress. There's Todd, Todd Bridges, uh, actor. Um, there's all these, you know, I'm like, what the heck kind of school is this? Willie, it was a school for actors. Wow. They wanted to have a, a sort of an environment where they went to school together during the morning. And then they went to the set the afternoon to go film their whatever. I didn't have a set to go to. Wow. So, so uh, it was fascinating. And that's where I guess I learned how to market myself, how to communicate. Um, I was an actor for a short period of time. I was not a very good one. I did a lot of extra work. I did some bit work. Uh, I was on different strokes for a little bit. I was on Twilight, Twilight Zone with Danny Kaye. I never admitted to anybody on any media interview that what I just said to you. I was on this. This is in my book. My last one. I was on Soul Train and American Bandstand. Later as a dancer. Wow. Uh, so that taught me the value of communication. Yep. So so okay. So uh, one of the things you talk about is that your dad, again, he was making money, but he had poor financial advice, and you talk about that he had bought a house and a guy comes over and says, let me help you to refinance it or something. And he signed it asking, what's it going to cost me? What's the, what's the monthly, what's the monthly uh, note rather than asking the interest. And he, you said if he had known financial literacy, he would have asked a different question and it would not have been predatory lending as it turned out to be. And he would have kept his house. Folks making money. And financially literate say what's the payment mm. folks were building wealth as an investor say what's the interest rate right there you go say it again say it again come on one more time folks making money trying to get up trying to trying to move up but who are financially illiterate ask consistently repeatedly for everything what's the payment yep what's the monthly folks, payment folks who are investors and who are builders uh and who are financially literate and who are trying to build wealth uh Ask what's the interest rate. That's right. That's right. Uh, yesterday, I was on the phone with one of my bankers, 
And I, it wasn't really a serious conversation to me until, it, until he said something very particular. We were saying, well, you know, I've got this asset over here and against that asset, I've got a little bit of a, uh, I, I'm a, I borrow against my own account. Okay. I had an asset and I was borrowing against that asset, a securities account, a stock account. And I had uh, used that money I pulled from it to go buy some real estate in another country, which has done very well. And so I was like, oh, do I, should I pay this? You know, interest rates are going up. Should I pay this loan off? Man, this guy told me, I did a quick calculation. He told me I was paying $50,000 a year in interest on my own money. I'm wow. the Brian. I'm paying, I'm charging myself $50,000 a year. Wow. Man, I couldn't cancel that account fast enough. <laughs> but that is what I mean by uh, we pay it, you got to pay attention to the, with the, to the interest rate. If you, if you go buy a Mercedes. Yeah. And it's got an 18% note of that used car lot. Yeah. It's not and because your credit score is 550 or 580. You're not driving a Mercedes. You're driving Mercedes payments. Right. Mercedes payments. Look, amazing. And you know what? It goes back to when my wife and I first got married. My, my father-in-law said, you need a good car. Or when we were newly married, we had our, our first uh, child, our son. And he said, you need a good car for my grandson. He had the Volvo guy come by his house. And a Volvo guy took us, and I, you know, I love Volvo, but he took us over to the dealership. We didn't know anything about financial literacy at that time. And he said, we were focused on what's the payment? What's the payment? And he, he put us in like a seven year loan. It was just, we paid for that car. And in retrospect, two, three times, we bought that car two, three times with the interest we paid, but we didn't know better. But when we knew better, we did better. And when we knew better, we realized we don't only buy cars now in cash. We buy them in cash, no car notes. That's how we roll. Even, you, if, even if, if we have to take it from our uh, savings or something, we buy it with cash. If you buy, if you buy a car for $10,000 and you pay 14% interest, you'll pay for that car three times. There you go. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to my friend, John Hope Bryant. We're going to come back and he's going to tell you some of the you got us, you got to do to be successful in business and life. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And for sure, your best is yet to come.
Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you. Grow your mindset. Grow your future. Grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com. Dot com slash billionaire. WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show and podcast around America and around the globe. I'm very grateful. My guest is the one and only John Hope Bryant, founder, CEO of Operation Hope, of Operation Hope. And he puts on a conference every year called the Hope Global Forum. John, please let people know how they can learn more about you, your foundation, your your forum, because it's so incredible. It's it's one of the best events I've ever been to in my life. I, I don't know what took me so long, but I am so glad I was there. It was phenomenal. Please tell them where they can learn more about what you're doing and the Hope Centers around America. Sure, my my pleasure. So uh, I be, I created about fifty entities um, over my entrepreneurial career that are in my adult life that are still around. That doesn't include the things I did when I was uh, in my teenage years. Probably did a hundred businesses from age ten to age twenty. Most of them failed. All of them failed. Actually, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I've created fifty entities that exist today. Um, most of them are rolled up under parent companies and we can a lot of these are roll-ups to um my for-profit company which is brian ventures the promise company um where we own the largest minority-led company single-family rental homes in america that's the promise homes company i'm the founder and primary owner of the largest minority controlled 
uh, entity that controls single family rental homes in America. I own 700 uh, single family rental homes from Atlanta to, for, to North Florida. And half of all of our vendors for plumbing, heating, electrical, landscaping, roofing are minority and women, Black mm. and brown people. And I can do that because I'm the, I'm the executive chairman and I have cultural influence on in the company. I can say, here's what, who I want our vendors to be. That's why being an owner and signing the front of that check really matters because you control yes. the institution. Separate from that, so that's on a different floor from where I'm at right now, you uh, have the Operation Hope, which is what most people know me about and from and through. And I've grew that from zero, $61,000 grant from the SBA in 1992 to a $600,000 budget three or four years later to a $50 million budget today. It's the largest minority-led community-based empowerment organization in America. We have 240 offices in 46 states as doing financial coaching. We're America's financial coach. Uh, we have we've got four million plus clients. We've directed four billion dollars plus into minority neighborhoods for home ownership, small business ownership, et cetera. We created 180,000 black businesses in the last two years alone through the one million black business initiative, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've hit set financial literacy policy in America, working with three U.S. presidents from two political parties, uh, Clinton, Bush and Obama. Um, and, um, yeah, there's much more to it, but that's the framework. People can call 1-888-388-HOPE, 888-388-HOPE, or download, download the Hope in Hand app, uh, uh, or go online to operationhope.org to get free financial coaching services. We're raising credit scores. Uh, you talked about this earlier. We're raising credit scores 54 points in six months, 100 points in 24 months. Nothing changes your life more than God or love than moving your credit score 120 points. Absolutely. We're raising savings, $500 to $1,500 uh, over a, a year. We're lowering debt, about $3,500 for somebody making about $48,000 a year. So we're basically making our people bankable at scale. Wow. Uh, because half wow. of Black folks have a credit score below 620, which means half of Black folks, your biggest problem is not racism or bias or police brutality or the Ku Klux Klan. Your problem is your credit score mm -hmm. uh, because it's locking you out of the free enterprise system. The bank is forced to tell you no. So we are changing that at scale by coaching our people into an approval. So the color is not black or white or red or blue. It's green, economic yeah. empowerment. Which is why I think so many banks have supported John and supported his program to put money into communities. Many of your offices are in banks. They're in banks uh, in, in inner city markets. Really in Truist, yeah, we're Truist, Wells Fargo, uh, U.S. Bank, uh, Bank of America, uh, just some of the banks, First Horizon Bank, Regions Bank, Sonova's Bank, Santander Bank. I mean, it's hard for me to tell you what bank we're not in than what bank we are. We are the first nonprofit ever allowed to operate inside of a bank branch in U.S. history because it takes a lot of trust to allow an entity inside of an FDIC-insured institution. We are the first nonprofit to do financial coaching in a major Fortune 500 corporation. We are, the, we are Delta Airlines, a financial coach for all 90,000 of their employees, as an example. Right. Uh, go through our coaching program, and Delta Airlines will give you $1,000 in an emergency savings account just because. Wow. Uh, we are the UPS financial coach. 
Uh, we also are the partner with Homeland Security and FEMA for emergency financial disaster uh, preparedness response and recovery. So when there's a disaster that strikes, we're the ones talking to you after you talk to the Red Cross and FEMA. We're the ones helping you get your applications filled out with the SBA, your emergency loan. Uh, we're the ones talking to you about getting your insurance documents done to get your insurance payment. So we're sort of in the background. You may not even know you're talking to us, but we're everywhere. Wow. So real quick, I want to ask you a question and you can give your answer right off the top of your head. There's rich and there's wealthy. Yeah. What's the difference in your estimation? Rich people are being paid for by somebody else. Wealthy, you're paying yourself. Oh, boom. Bam. That's it. That's it. I have I have this new book, Rich is Good, Wealthy is Better. And and basically I say rich is money you generate by what you do. Yeah. Wealthy is money you generate by what you own. So you have just hit it on the head in, 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 in 30 seconds. Okay, John, every guest, I asked the same question. I'm going to ask you, when you came to D.C., I pick you up. We go to Howard University. We're walking to business class. I want you to tell the students, a few, you got us. If you're going to be a success in business, here's some things you got to do. Stop hanging around broke people. Whoa, come on now. If you hang around nine broke people, you'll be the 10th. That's right. That's right. Uh, watch who you uh, role model because you'll model, you, you model what you see. Yep. If all you see are rap stars, athletes, drug dealers, then, then why is anybody surprised? That's who you want to be. And, and, and I'm not, and if you're in college at Howard, I, I, I assume you have decent role models, but you need to have excellent ones. You That's need right. to have people who are smarter than you, wiser than you. And that includes your mate. So when you, when you go to the club uh, on Friday night or go to the frat house or the sorority house for that party, uh, and you see this fine girl uh, in the corner after you meet her and after you ask her what her name is and you're smoothly getting her to respond to you and smile and she's relaxed. Then you ask her what her what's her credit score, because this is your business partner you're hooking up with. This is not just somebody who's cute. This is somebody. Right. I mean, your, your wife or your husband is your business partner for the rest of your life. And if you're not better together, then what the heck are you doing? Like my wife has her own thing and I do my own thing. We collaborate, we we share, we do it, whatever. But I, I know her credit score is tight and right. She knows my credit score is tight and right. And I'm not going to sign on something that she's doing and she's going to drag me down and right. I'm not going to drag her down. And we cover each other and we protect each other and we support each other. I make the house, she turns it into a home. Right. You got to make sure that that like with any partnership, whether it's a marriage, a mateship, a friendship, a partnership, a business ship, you need to make sure that all these ships ship. <laughs> and, and two plus two should equal more than four two plus two right. should equal six eight or ten if you're not better together then what the heck are you doing you need to make sure you buy a home right i want you to be obsessed with education because that is the ultimate popular eradication tool you know better you do better i right. want you to graduate with not just a job skills but a career skill I want you to get that career and I want you to create a career occupation. Then I want you to get married. Then I want you to have kids in that order. Mm -hmm. Yep. There you go. There you go. Uh, my wife and I in the buy book, home. we talk and buy home. We, my wife and I talk about in the book that marriage is more than a love relationship. It's a business relationship. It's a merger, a melding of two business entities that come together. And you got to understand how money works and you got to learn about money and make wise money choices. Well, of course, we had the closing of this interview, John. Any closing messages for the folks as we close out this incredible interview? Just incredible. Thank you for coming. Any closing thoughts for the, for the listeners? Yeah, go get a job. 
or mm-hmm. make one. I, I, there's a lot of love in the word no. I love you, but you need to get a job. <laughs> it's right. I love you, but if you're going to do the crime, you dang sure going to do the time. I love you, but you cannot sleep on my couch all day and all night. I love you, but you cannot make let me make the money and then you spend it. Yeah. Uh, I love and accountability, love and responsibility must go hand in hand. So uh, you just want to make sure that you're practicing the James Brown version of affirmative action. Open the door. I'll get it myself. Wow. One thing you should be, you should be generous with your, with your money and generous with your heart and generous with your soul like Willie is, but you should be ruthless about your time. Yes. Don't let anybody waste your time. Amen. Man, this is just fantastic. I'm telling you folks, and I want to add to what he said. I've been telling people, I want you to to learn as much as you can, earn as much as you can, and then return as much as you can. Because when you're philanthropic, what you're doing is you're planting a seed for future generations. And that's what we want to do. Not, Not just generational wealth where you leave somebody just the money in the bank, but that you do what the Bible says we should do. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children's grandchildren. John Hope Bryant, man, I can't thank you enough for being my friend and for being such a role model for me and so so many others. You know, I love you, man, and blessings to you. Folks, this is what I told you. I get the best and the brightest. I want to thank everybody. I want to again thank Truist for being my partner. Remember, go to truest.com, check out Money and Mindset with Brighton Brian, or just the Money and Mindset portal on their website, and then go to winwithwilly.com, winwithwilly.com, and get some of the resources that we have there. Join us every Monday night for the Jolly Marriage Show. We are going to be getting sponsors for that too, and we're going to take it on television. We're going to help marriages to stay together and to prosper. So that's what we're doing, as well as my new book, which is Rich is Good, Wealthy is Better will be out soon. So we want to make sure you're aware of that. So you want to go to winwithwilly.com, sign up for the newsletter so you'll get a notice when it's coming. I want to thank everybody. Remember, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, your best is yet to come. We'll see you soon. God bless you. Have a great day. enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope you got something of great value and I hope that you were inspired, you were motivated, you were empowered and you were encouraged to live your best life. I hope this information and this inspiration will help you to do more, be more and to achieve more. That's the goal why I started this program and I hope it helped you in a mighty way. Now, 
I ask you to make sure and that you take full advantage of all the resources that came through this program. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of the free resources that we have there for you. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash shop to get some of the books that we have created, that we've labored over to make sure that they will deliver a powerful message to you. I hope you go to willyjolly.com slash billionaire, willyjolly.com slash billionaire, or wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get the box that it will inspire your whole family or get the bag of books. Make this a great day, a great week, a great month. And remember, it is true that you are blessed and all things are possible for them that believe. So make the most of the belief that you have now in your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.